Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, pardon me while I am adjusting. I'm just, I thought I was ready. <clears throat> so, update on uh, what I'm trying to do here. Um, unlike, unlike some folks, um, I'm still working. It doesn't matter. I work from home all the time, so my job is still here, and I'm still busy and still working. So I am trying to... My goal originally was to try to go seven days a week <laughs> on our studies. I think that was unrealistic. <laughs> so I'm going to be happy if I can get even three to five days a week. Okay. Now, my goal right now is to try to get five. I don't know how it's going to be um, as often as possible. I am going to do five days a week, and I'm going to skip the weekends. Uh, mainly because the weekends is partly when I spend a lot of time um, creating and editing and stuff. So, Which, believe it or not, as bad as I am, these are still somewhat edited because sometimes I have to have a break or I have to look at something or I have to do something, get interrupted. So... Anyway, that's the end of my, my little update. We are reading in the book of Romans. This is Paul's letter to the, the Roman Christians. And we finished chapter 10, and we're ready to read chapter 11. Now, chapter 10 ended... Well, I think this verse kind of sums up a lot of what was in chapter 10. But of Israel, he says, God says... All day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. And that is simply because they've rejected Jesus, the message of, message of salvation. And Paul would really like to see them quit trying to earn their salvation and earn their righteousness and see them accept their righteousness through faith in Jesus. And that's what it's largely... I mean, maybe as a summary, maybe that's what all of this is about, but I don't want to just say that. I want to I want to finish this book out, and then I want to do a summary, like see if I can do just a quick summary of each chapter so that as the, the letter as a whole, we would have a meaningful summary. And yeah, it's never going to be as good as reading the detailed <laughs> version, but just, just in general so we have an idea. So um, chapter 11 starts... Well, it starts like all of them in verse 1 right here. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. Now that's Paul. He's talking about himself. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have demolished your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. And this is another one of those instances where I get, I get a little... I, I think of this in another way. Sometimes we think our group or our set of people or our little, you know club we're the only ones that are going to be saved and everybody else is you know going to hell in a handbasket's what they used to say you know what i mean everybody else is wrong and but notice that even elijah who is the you know the prophet of the lord at the time saying oh i am alone i'm all alone and 
God's like, uh, I got 7,000 other people you don't even know anything about. And I think that's the way it is, even today in Christianity, that there are people out there that we don't know about that are Christians because we don't know everybody. I certainly don't know everybody in the world. There's billions of people on the planet. So I, it's we can't just say that we're going to be the only ones, that our little group is all that's going to be saved. That's unrealistic. So, Though there may be. I mean, I don't know. It says few who find it. So as far as the, the narrow and wide gate, few find the narrow gate. So maybe, you know, maybe it will be a lesser number of humanity, which I, I'm very sad about. I I wish or I hope we can change that, but I, I don't know. Anyway, so I'm going to continue. I just mentioned that because that's one of those things I think of. Uh, so too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened, as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see, and ears that would not hear, down to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a, t a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see, and bend their backs forever. So there is a remnant of Israel, and it says chosen by grace. And it's those that believe in Jesus, that believe in faith. They believe in faith. And there were some, even in the Old Testament, that, you know, like, if you look at, um, in Jesus' day, you look at Nicodemus and a few of the other Pharisees that actually believed he was from God, there were some that had more of a faith-based interpretation than others, but... But a lot of the Pharisees, such as Paul, would say that they were pretty staunch defenders of it being through works and earning your righteousness. Um, and he would know, I was not a Pharisee, but Paul actually was. Alright, going to continue. So I asked, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. Now if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now I am speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. Ha ha ha. Yeah, we should not be arrogant towards the branches. You get that, right? We should not be arrogant against the Jews or the Israelis or the Israelites at all. In fact, we've been grafted in. We were not the original chosen people. We are we are blessed. We should be more grateful and we should uh you know, act accordingly. All right. I won't get off on a tangent. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root. 
but the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but stand in awe, for if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. He can't. You know, he can't allow unbelief to remain apart. I mean, they just can't. You can't be. If you, once you start not believing, see, you're the only one that can remove your salvation. You're the only one that can remove God's grace and distance yourself from God. Um, he's still going to love you and he's still going to want you to come back. But you can remove yourself from his family and from all that by your own choice. But that, that's the only way. You, you have to choose it. Because God will not kick you out. He will not push you away. But here, he will not spare you. If you decide to go in unbelief, then yeah, you're not going to be a part of, in this case, it's a tree. So you're not going to be a part of the tree. You know, you would not be a branch of the tree. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. They can be restored. We can all be restored. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted, contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back onto their own olive tree? I, I kind of love and hate the whole olive tree analogy. It is a good analogy, though. He's using a very good analogy. It's just... Um, I guess I'm not a big tree person, but I, I do understand. I do understand the idea of you know the the limb being um, cut off or and then being uh, grafted on and all that. Uh, the problem, my problem with the analogy is that it makes it sound like um, God is shearing you off, but it's not technically true because it's your belief or unbelief that is shearing you off, actually, um, or or your belief is you know, grafting you in, but that's through the grace of God. But your unbelief, which is your own selfish choice, is what's shearing you off. God is not really cutting you off. He doesn't want to cut you off, and he doesn't want you to choose to be cut off. He wants you to stay as a branch. If I'm going to stay with this tree analogy. <laughs> but it is a good analogy. I'm not, I don't mean to make fun of it or make light of it. It is a very good, um, this is a good description. It's a good way to describe this. If, if the tree is the original, you have God and Jesus is the root and the base of the tree. And, and then you have Israel is like the trunk and Abraham, maybe Abraham's the trunk. And then Israel, everybody, all the Jews are branches. And then, and then now you have all the Gentiles and their branches. But the Gentiles have to be grafted in, which is us, because we're not a natural part of that tree. But some of the natural branches are being removed through their own unbelief. So if you can visualize that, it is a very good analogy. It is. Uh, it's, I hope analogy. Is that the right word? I think that's the right word. You'll have to pardon me. Sometimes I, for, I lose track. I, <laughs> I'll just admit it. Sometimes I lose track. All right. <clears throat> so we're going to continue on. Um, all right. 
verse 25. Lest you be wise in your own conceits, I want you to understand this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The Deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies of God for your sake, but as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they may also, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Well, and that's because we all were disobedient. We were all in sin. It's known um, that we have all sinned and we need his mercy and his forgiveness. And I don't see that this, I don't see, uh, to me this is not a surprise that uh, the Jewish people, the Israelites, the first people, of course, God is still going to be merciful to them. Of course. He, he loves them. He, he, he selected them uh, initially first. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So, and amen is kind of like, so be it. Now, this last bit is just really acknowledging that, you know, all, everything is from God. Everything we get is from God. Who, how can we understand the mind of God? Why did he choose Abraham way back when? You know, all these things. We, we don't know all of that, and we're not going to know that, and we're not ones to counsel and tell God what to do or what not to do. Yes, sometimes I know that we want to. I know we're frustrated. Sometimes I know we are hurt and we pray to God and maybe we want to tell him what to do. But that's not our job. We're not. You know, we're not. We don't know all that God knows. We don't have all that knowledge. We don't. We just don't. You know, his ways are higher than our ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him, God, that he might be repaid? There's nothing we can give to God that would repay him. The only thing we can do is do as he has commanded us or asked us to do. And actually, if you look at Jesus and if you look towards the New Testament, he has asked us to love God and love one another. And to make that the important part of our life. And that's what he's asked us to do. Now you can say commanded, and I'm okay with that because it really is a command. But, on the other hand, here's the difference. When I was in the military and I was commanded to do something, they weren't asking me to do something. Do you understand? I was being told, commanded to do something. I had no choice. God is being so much nicer and he's 
He's saying these are the commandments, but he's not taking away your free will. So, you know, he still leaves it as our choice. So, really, he's asking us to do that, and he's telling us, hey, you know, this great reward is yours. Peace, love, you know, kindness, all these good things can be yours. So, um, okay, I'm probably wandering off track a little bit. I apologize for some reason. I'm in a extremely verbal mood, I suppose. So if we look at chapter 11 here, let me go and I'm going to I'm going to do what I've been doing cuz I like doing this. I'm going to read this from the amplified and let's just see if we can you know get some more out of it. It helps me and hopefully it helps you. I say then, has God rejected and disowned his own people? Again talking about Israel. Certainly not. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his chosen people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have torn down your altars, and I alone am left of the prophets, and they are seeking my life. But God's response to him, what, what is God's response to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too then, at the present time, there has come to be a remnant, a small believing minority, according to God's gracious choice. There is a small number of Israelites, of Jews, who, who have chosen to believe. But if it is by grace, God's unmerited favor, see something we did not earn, it is no longer on the basis of works, otherwise grace is no longer grace. It would not be a gift, but it would be a reward for works, or if it's for works, it's a payment, something you have earned. And we can't earn it. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking, that is, God's favor by obedience to the law. But the elect, those chosen few, obtained it, while the rest of them became hardened and callously indifferent just as it is written in the scripture. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear, a spiritual apathy that has continued to this very day. And David says, Let their table, abundance, become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see and make their backs bend under their burden forever. So this, this is all about the Jews and Israel, but you can also reflect that onto the world as a whole in that so many choose not to believe. Only so many choose to believe in, in God and in grace and in Jesus, you know, um, it's not exactly the same because the others, in this case, in the, the other part of Israel, they believe in God for the most part, but uh, they believe that they earn, they believe that they earn their place in heaven. That they earn their forgiveness and their righteousness. Alright, continuing on. So I say, have they stumbled so as to fall to spiritual ruin? Certainly not, but by their transgression, their rejection of the Messiah, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous when they realize what they have forfeited. Now, if Israel's transgression means riches for the world at large, and their failure means riches for the Gentiles, 
how much more will their fulfillment and reinstatement be? But now I am speaking to you who are Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry, in the hope of somehow making my fellow countrymen jealous by stirring them up so that they will seek the truth, and perhaps save some of them. For if their present rejection of salvation is for the reconciliation of the world to God, what will their acceptance of salvation be but nothing less than life from the dead? If the portion of dough offered as the first fruits is holy, so is the whole batch. And if the root, Abraham, and the patriarchs is holy, so are the branches, and the branches, the Israelites. So, talking about the first portion of the dough offered as the first fruits is holy, well, in this case, he's comparing the dough, the lump, um, the dough, to Israel. You could also... Again, you can stretch that out and you can make that the world. We could all be, we can all be now, now we can all be holy. You know, you understand what I mean? Um, the whole batch is holy. So let's, let's, well, let's look at it as Israel, okay? If the first portion of dough offered as the first fruits is holy, So is the whole batch. So the whole batch is holy. They just need to accept it and and live correctly and obey obey God and live by faith and believing. Believe, not not try to earn it. So so if the first portion is holy, so the whole batch must be holy, because you can't just pull out a piece of it and say that just this piece is holy. And the same is true for the branches of a tree or pieces of a tree. If the branches are holy, well then the root and the base, the trunk, must be holy. And if the root, in this way he's making actually the reverse comparison though, if the root, Abraham and the patriarchs, if the root and the base of the tree is holy, then the branches must be holy because they came off of there. Now, they still need to believe. In this case, yes, they still need to believe and have the correct belief and the correct actions, but they are holy if they will continue in that belief, which is part of what um, Paul is going to get into. <clears throat> but if some of the branches were broken off, and you Gentiles, being like a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among them to share with them the rich root of the olive tree, do not boast over the broken branches and exalt yourself at their expense. If you do boast and feel superior, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root that supports you. So we can't make light of Israel or the children of Israel because, I mean, they are, they are the natural branches. They are the natural ones. And, of course, Abraham and the patriarchs, that's who they come from. We don't come from Abraham and the patriarchs. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand by your faith as believers understanding the truth of Christ's deity. Do not be conceited, but rather stand in great awe of God and fear him. 
For if God did not spare the natural branches because of unbelief, he will not spare you either. And he won't. Then appreciate the gracious kindness and severity of God to those who fell into spiritual ruin. Severity, but to you God's gracious kindness if you continue in his kindness by faith and obedience to him. Otherwise you too will be cut off. And even they, the unbelieving Jews, if they do not continue in their unbelief, in other words, if they change, if they would believe, they will be grafted back in, for God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree, and against nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much easier will it be to graft these who are the natural branches back into their original parent stock of their own olive tree? I do not want you believers to be unaware of this mystery, God's previously hidden plan, so that you will not be wise in your own opinion, that a partial hardening has temporarily happened to Israel to last until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And so at that time, all Israel, that is all Jews who have a personal faith in Jesus as Messiah, will be saved, just as it, as it is written in Scripture. The Deliverer, Messiah, will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them, when I take away their sins. From the standpoint of the gospel, the Jews at present are enemies of God for your sake, which is for your benefit. But from the standpoint of God's choice of the Jews as his people, they are still loved by him for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, for he does not withdraw what he has given. His grace or to whom he sends his call. Just as you were once disobedient and failed to listen to God, but have now obtained mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient, so that they too may receive, may one day receive mercy because of the mercy shown to you. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that he may show mercy to all, Jew and Gentile alike. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and decisions, and how, unfathom how unfathomable and untraceable are his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or has been his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it would be paid back to him? For from him all things originate, and through him all things live and exist. And to him all things, and to him are all things directed. To him be glory and honor forever. Amen. So Paul has gone back through and told us the same thing again. And um, if anything, I think it is a little clearer, but mainly it's the same. Mainly we're still on the same. Um, Israel's salvation rests in actually coming back because we've received mercy. Um, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, the Gentiles, they, the Jews, also may now receive mercy. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a little difficult to 
piece together and understand that exactly, but we have received mercy because of their disobedience, because they disobeyed and would not believe in Jesus. And now, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to us, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. And we have all been disobedient and sinned, and, and he does give us his mercy. But here he's talking about um, the mystery of the salvation of Israel. Israel can be saved. They do not have to. Um, they just need to believe they just need to believe. They need to believe the gospel. They were the enemy of the gospel when Jesus was there because they had a part to play. And they had to play that part for the plan to work out. But as Gentiles, we have been grafted in to the... We've been adopted or grafted. If you like the tree analogy, that's fine. Um, I prefer the adopted analogy. We have been adopted into... God's family as one of his own. And for those prodigal sons that have wandered off, we, we shouldn't feel haughtier or better than them. And even for those who stay and are there and have been there all along, we shouldn't feel better than them. Not in any way. They are part of the original family, the original tree. So, alright, so that is, let me see, that is the end of chapter 11. I'm trying to think. Again, he ends the chapter with the depth and of riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. Of course, you know, we don't know. We can't plan ahead like he has planned so that the Gentiles, see, he, he had this plan all along. And he, he had um, the Gentiles grafted in. And now he's going to turn around and save um, the ones in Israel, the ones of Israel that, that haven't believed. The idea is that now they can also get mercy through the same, through the same way, through Jesus, so that all can be saved, which is that's his plan all along, because even as he says in Timothy, um, that um, he wants all men to be saved. Of course he does. He considers us all his children. So, all right. So, and it's just talking about, at the end there, it just talks about how uh, it's unfathomable, unfathomable to us, you know, how uh, God has planned this and worked this, and or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid, like we've earned something from God, which we have not. Um, so, because we get everything from God. For him, for from him and through him and to him are all things. Because that is God. God supplies us with everything and, you know, everything we get comes through him and, and everything goes to him. Everything should be to him. Everything goes to him. I guess everything is his is the way of looking at that. So, all right. So everything is God's. That is Romans chapter 11. I'll quit rambling now.
because I, I, I tend to want to ramble and get off track. That's Romans chapter 11. Um, basically just explaining that we are grafted in, but even though Israel has been disobedient, just like we were disobedient before and now we have mercy, Israel can have mercy. And that uh, that's an important thing. And that um, everything comes through God. Everything comes from Him and through Him because He owns all things. Everything is His. So, alright. I'm going to stop there and quit rambling again. <laughs> uh, so that's chapter 11, the book of Romans. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. And uh, please stay safe. And, and keep your family safe and watch out for others. And remember, God loves you. <laughs>